Hello everybody once again and welcome to episode number five of our Smart Vote podcast series. As always, our podcasts are available to be listened to on Spotify and Amazon Music and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. And I'm your host, Tash Jones. So over the course of the series, we've spoken a lot about the rise of e-commerce and um, today's episode is actually a little bit special because I have with me today Iris, the Senior Strategic Partnership Manager at Big Commerce. Hi Iris and welcome to the show. Thank you, Tash. Great to be here with you today. Great to have you. I mean, Iris, working in for one of the market-leading e-commerce platforms this year must have been quite the experience. Yeah, we have. Uh, it's it's definitely been a journey. We've had to adapt very very quickly in a lot of ways, both in terms of our own working practices and the way that we interact with our merchants and and partners. And I think when we first locked down, everyone in the e-commerce industry just sort of froze and we were all trying to work out how to cope with this. But in the last few months, retailers have definitely found their feet and shifted into this new model of working very effectively, be that larger enterprise or or smaller businesses. But, you know, we're learning every single day and uh, it's an exciting space to be in at the moment for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's a shame um, this year we've um, missed out on on some some good trade shows um, that would have happened at the sort of latter end end of this year. Fingers crossed next year we can sort of get to those e-commerce awards nights and um, IRX and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's sort of, you know, as as much as I say, you know, we've adapted to these new working practices, you just can't replace that face-to-face time, that, that human interaction, can you? Oh, absolutely not at all. I mean, um, Iris, big commerce. I mean, I've I've been aware of you guys for a number of years, um, but I've sort of known you more to be in the sort of USA um, market. But obviously, from speaking to you um, myself, I understand um, sort of the big commerce operation really, really scaled up in 2018, which ironically is around the same time as Smart Freight. It'd be really interesting to hear a little bit about the UK journey for you guys so far. Yes, absolutely. Happy to talk about that. So we launched our European operations in 2018. Uh, At the time, we had a team of two on the ground here. Uh, We're now up to 30 and currently have three open headcounts for Q4 um, and a lot more in Q1. So definitely expecting to continue this rate of growth. The interesting thing in the level of traction we've seen here is not many people in Europe knew about big commerce when we launched in 2018. We weren't in any of the main analyst evaluations. They weren't coming across the name in the media or in tech stack discussions. We were an unknown quantity, really. So we were at a disadvantage in one sense. But on the flip side, we could build that name from scratch. And that meant that we established ourselves as a mid-market enterprise player from the beginning. Now, that isn't to say that we don't have traction with smaller businesses and don't have a great solution for them. We, we absolutely do. And we have over 5,000 of those customers using BC in, in region. But if you've been following BigCommerce's story, which, you know, as, as you say, you, you have been doing for a while, and you've watched some of the talks from Brent, our CEO, we actually started as an SMB-centric solution, much like Shopify many years ago. But as we've grown and added more enterprise functionality, we started to win with those fast-growing mid-market and enterprise merchants and slowly shifted our model upstream to focus more on that end of the market. So when we entered Europe in 2018, 
big commerce as a wider company was already on that journey towards the higher end of the market. And that enabled us to start positioning ourselves in that space right from the beginning. And we're now one of the fastest growing areas of the business. In just over two years, we've signed some of the biggest brands in not only the UK, but in continental Europe too. So um, names such as Harvey Nichols, Morton Brown, La Perla, Travis Perkins, Dr. Barbara Stone Cosmetics, Start Right Shoes, and, uh, and many more. Uh, that's really interesting. It's good to see you guys have made such amazing headway um, just in such a short space of time. And, you know, Smart Freight have been on a similar journey, very well established in Australia and New Zealand and South Africa. And and then uh, the UK, we've, we have sort of built from, from scratch. So it's, it's really good to see a fellow company sort of in the same, not same space, but um, sort of going through the same journey that we are. And it's so good to see you guys are doing so well. Yeah, absolutely. And same, we've, we've been impressed by by your growth in the region as well. And I know that we work closely um, in, in Australia and in other regions as well. So um, it, it's great to have a partner to be on that journey with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned there a few um, a few sort of uh, brands um, that you're working with. Um, you know, as I say, I have been keeping a close eye um, on your PR and, and, and sort of what you guys are up to. Um, have seen you've, you've have sort of um, landed yourself some really interesting customers, um, and yeah, it'd just be really interesting to sort of hear, to hear a little bit about who you're working with and a little bit about their journey with you. Yeah, absolutely, lots of examples to share here. Um, I'm going to use two of my favourites to answer this question. Um, so I'm going to give you one example from the B2C world, and then another one from the B2B side of things. So. On the B2C side, I really love what Closet London have done with us. So Closet London is a women's fashion brand based uh, here in London, as the name suggests, but they do have a big international base too. Um, and as they grew, the day-to-day -day management of their site became increasingly laborious. They were struggling a lot with manual processes, even for just simple things like creating promotions. So in early 2019, they decided to evaluate a number of e-commerce vendors and they chose BigCommerce because of the robustness and flexibility of the platform. Um, we managed to launch the new site in just four months, despite a, a pretty complex ERP integration. Um, and one of the key areas for Closet was their mobile site experience. So we went in with a mobile first approach straight away. And at last check, sales from mobile devices were up 65%, along with a 25% increase in mobile conversion. Um, overall sales also increased 50% year on year. And um, there's a full case study on our site. So make sure you check that out and also check out their beautiful website at closetlondon.com. Um, another great example and a very valued customer is Toolstop, one of the largest online suppliers of power tools worldwide. So Toolstop actually launched both their B2C and B2B sites on BigCommerce. Um, for those of you who don't know, we run B2C and B2B off the same platform. And this was one of the primary decision factors for Toolstop when they decided to move off Magento. Um, the first project was Tool Saver, which is the B2B element and also the fastest growing area of their business. Again, very quick time to launch in just two months. And since then, we've seen quite 
extraordinary growth for Toolsaver and the business as a whole, um, including web traffic being up by almost something crazy like 2,000% and also a 400% increase in orders on the B2B site. Um, again, if any of the listeners today would like more details on Toolstop's journey, integrations, growth areas, um, and so forth, we do have a full case study available and also held a joint webinar together with Toolstop and our search partner, Clayvu, talking about their experience with both of our companies. Wow, there's some really interesting um, sort of stats there. Um, I, you know, Closet is Closet London. I'm, I'm a shopaholic, so very aware of yeah. their, their website um no it's really cool to hear how much you've helped them sort of grow their their sales revenue and things like um you know and visits to their website and things like that it's just very very cool um you know like you say having a mobile offering um is kind of everything now i think um the millennials uh sort of in myself actually included tend to you know use use my phone over the laptop to do online shopping any day of the week so yeah that's fascinating Exactly. Yeah, it, it's the same for me. I mean, fellow millennial here. So, you know, most of the time if I'm, I'm sitting and browsing, it will be on my mobile phone. And, you know, if that experience is not up to par, I'm, I'm just going to shift elsewhere. Right. And that's the general trend that we're seeing in the industry. Yes, no, no, definitely. It's, it's, it's ease of use and ease of payment and, and all these different different things, mm. isn't it? It's, it's everybody wants everything to nobody wants to have to key anything in anymore. <laughs> No, exactly. It's the same thing. And, and and one of the big areas for us that we always work with merchants on is optimizing that checkout flow. Um, you know, it's, it's something that I talk about with, with partners all the time, sort of making that easy experience, having multiple payment options available, and also on the shipping side, you know, being able to suggest the, um, the, the, the right sh- uh, shipping solution or, you know, the, the, the right packing solution for each of those individual needs, different delivery times, offering those different options, different payment options, um, that all that kind of stuff is, is very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's fantastic. You've got such a good partner channel that you're able to, to point people in the right direction to, to cover off everything from start to end when it comes to your sort of e-commerce strategy. Yeah, exactly. And that's really one of the areas that big commerce wins in. And it, it's always come from our, our strategy top down. We're not looking to um, sort of build out all this functionality ourselves and own every single piece of that we rely on our partners and we win through our partners and their best of breed approach. And, and that's always the way that we've won in the market and will continue to do so. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very similar approach that we, we have adopted here at Smart Freight, you know, for sure. It's, um, you know, you can't be the best at everything. So um, you would exactly, work with the yeah. best. <laughs> exactly. Cool. The whole jack of all trades approach, just it, it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't fly anymore. Not in today's world. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, um, e-commerce really, I think, it's just been on the rise, like year upon year upon year. Um, you know, the the um, adopt, you know, adoption of e-commerce has grown significantly, and I think this year has definitely accelerated things a little bit. I mean, what would you say, you know, from your experience? I don't know over the last twelve months or, or so, what's what's driving e-commerce businesses at the moment? Like, what's the sort of the hot topic or the, or the or the you know, the main interest that people are looking to, to explore? Yeah, I think there's there's so many different sort of trends and hot topics to choose from here, whether it's 
so personalization, social commerce, um, augmented reality, D2C, marketplaces. Um, I guess I would answer this question relating back ironically to, to what we just talked about with that sort of best of breed approach and also how that relates to the world of, of shipping. So the foremost thing for me actually extends beyond the world of e-commerce too and is more of a reflection of the enterprise software market generally and, and, and also just digital strategy generally. And that is the rise of the API economy and the mindset shift from the suites approach to the stacks approach. Um, a couple of years ago, the sort of like all-in-one jack-of-all-trades software suites from a single provider were all the rage because the idea was that, you know, you have this one out-of-the-box seamlessly integrated engine that does everything in terms of managing, say, your back office processes or addressing all of your marketing needs. But in reality, most companies and especially individual departments within those companies have ended up building on top of each of these components to get what they needed. And you end up with this monolithic, increasingly entangled, often very expensive system. And the change that we're seeing and the big trend across the board and also a big driver of our success at Big Commerce is the demand for that best of breed approach and a renewed focus on functionality as the biggest purchase driver. Um, I mean, analysts have been talking for years about the need for organizational flexibility in order to meet rapidly changing consumer demands. And this is what's going to enable an organization to do that. And cascading down from that is the rise of headless, or I think now the new term composable commerce from Gartner, whatever, whatever term you'd like to choose, that sort of principle of decoupling the back and front end systems and connecting them via APIs so that they can work together seamlessly, but allow you to rapidly adapt and, and customize the experience for different applications and channels. And obviously that does trickle down to every part of the stack, including shipping and logistics as well. So we've seen that the rise of omnichannel has forced retailers to restructure their supply chain to be able to adapt at a moment's notice. And that's been especially prevalent in the last 12 months, right? So it's essential for all of those elements of the shipping stack to not only work seamlessly together, but also share data between those components and applications to create a more agile system. And with more sophisticated analytics and insights, retailers can better predict future demand and also avoid keeping excess stock and manage distribution demands more effectively. Um, so we're definitely seeing increasing investment in this area. And of course, the shift to SaaS um, is a, com a critical component here too. So is that kind of consistent with what you're seeing at Smart Freight? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd yeah, say I'd say exactly the same. I mean, I've I've been um, sort of in the integration game myself for about seven years, um, and at Smart Freight since since twenty eighteen, um, and the shift from you know, um, like you say, suites to API, um, you know, seamless, you know, easier in like, methods of integration um, has just accelerated like through, throughout my career, um, really. To to be honest, but from a Smart Freight point of view. You know, it's, you know, having flexibility, um, you know, with like when it comes to, to, to what our product does, which of course is carrier management, you know, it's just having the flexibility to change carriers um, at the drop of a hat, um, you know, without having to, to wait six months for an API integration to be to be written and plugged into to your back, back office system. So, and yes, um, you know, when you're talking about um, 
the sweet side of things. Uh, I probably know which ERP system you're referring to. Um, yeah, no, you know, now, now I think, you know, we're seeing people um, have that multi-channel approach. So um, you're seeing people adopt like order management systems now um, as well, you know, as well as where your, you know, your e-commerce platform sits and your marketplaces. And, you know, it's man- data management's just becoming so important because in in the consumer space at least you know people want their orders straight away they don't want to wait you know for you to you know process data and and things like that so yeah now i've definitely experienced the same thing i think not sure if i explained it quite as well as you no no absolutely and i think just with there's just there's so many channels available now for retailers to choose between and double down on and then you know on on the back end side and the shipping side being able to serve customers in different ways across those different channels um so you know it's 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 just a lot more complex now and will increasingly become more complex as we've seen retailers balancing that need between brick and mortar and then the online world and having a seamless experience between the two um this is not a trend that's going to go away anytime soon no, definitely not. And I think um, Black Friday looming and uh, the Christmas um, Christmas rush and potentially it having to be a digital Christmas this year, I think, um, you know, e-commerce yeah. <laughs> is very much here to stay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, Iris, I think, um, you know, I, I think BigCommerce is a fantastic product and I'm sure some of our listeners um, may want to get in touch with you. So um, can, you, can you advise the listeners where, how they can reach out to you? Yes, absolutely. So um, please do feel free to contact me uh, via LinkedIn. Um, you can, so there's not, there's not many Irish chiefs in the world. Uh, it's a pretty unique name. So um, you should be able to find me. Otherwise, you are welcome to email me. My email address is iris.chiefer at bigcommerce.com. And uh, please do send across any questions or any queries you have around BigCommerce, our platform or our partners. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Iris. It's been really interesting to hear your, your insight in the industry. Got, you know, um, really excited to, to see where this partnership takes us in the future. Yes, absolutely. Same here. I'm super excited about our work with Smart Freight. I'm very excited as well to um, go on this journey of growth together in, uh, in Europe with you. So here's to the next 12 months. Here's to the next 12 months. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening. And once again, thank you to Iris. Um, this is actually the last episode of the year. Um, there is going to be more to follow, but I'm going to keep you in suspense this time and not announce the next episode. Um, so for now, please stay safe and stay tuned for the next batch of episodes in 2021. And bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye.